0: Burger King is out with a new ad and it seems like a bit of a strange marketing strategy. It shows a moldy whopper as a way to announce that the fast food chain will no longer put preservatives in their food. Take a look. Wonderful,
1: Welcome to Marketing Murder Mysteries. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Joining me as always, it's our team from Millennium Agency. Linda Feneres is CEO and Chief Strategist. Hello, Michael. And he grows on you like a mold or fungus. Rob Atkinson, Managing Director. Rob, how are you? Always happy to be here. Advertising and marketing pros see it all the time. Brands getting killed in the marketplace, sometimes due to their own miscalculations, sometimes by events beyond their control, and sometimes even on purpose. Sometimes your own marketing could kill your own brand. That's the debate over Burger King's gross new advertising campaign. The ad shows a moldy whopper, supposedly 28 days old, with text that reads, The beauty of no artificial preservatives. Beauty? You're going to hear the case from our marketing detectives, and then you can hand down your verdict. This week, the assassination of Burger King. Did the moldy whopper kill the brand? So there's a lot of things you can say about food, Linda and Rob, and one of them that's universal is that if you leave it alone long enough, unrefrigerated, uncared for it, it it will rot, right? Well, except Twinkies, which we're told will survive the nuclear holocaust. So I I keep a supply of Twinkies at my house at all the time. Rob, why are you so offended by this Burger King ad? It's sporable. (laughs) The last
2: image of this whole campaign, it shows the Whopper and it goes from beautiful to moldy, which great, I think that's it, it should go moldy, but I don't want to eat it. And my persistence of vision is like the last frame I see, and it never cuts back to the Whopper looking healthy again. Is like, oh god, I'm left with the image of a moldy Whopper. That is gross. It's toxic, and I don't want, I don't want that for me or my
1: family. Linda, don't you see, quote, the beauty of no artificial preservatives in the Whopper? App? Well, I
0: must say this will probably be the only time that I actually agree. With Rob. So, um, oh my God,
2: I'm glad we're recording this.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: so believe it or not, though, what's so interesting is 75% of the people out there actually do like that ad, and 25% do not like that ad, which I find absolutely incredible.
1: And what's the other data about message? In other words, does it communicate the message? That Burger King wants.
0: I mean, you know, McDonald's made some changes in 2018. I mean, I, I definitely think that it is communicating the message. However, I also do believe that they could have achieved this in a much more positive and as equally impactful way.
1: So, Ace Metrics found that the creative landed 36% below average QSR advertising benchmarks. More than one-fourth of viewers, 26%, were actively turned off to purchasing from Burger King due to the ad. However, from the visceral responses, Burger King's central message that the Whopper got moldy because it has no artificial preservatives and therefore is, quote, fresh, it's therefore, quote, safe, was also communicated and was ranked as the single best thing about the ad among those surveyed. So Linda, Rob. If the point of marketing is to effectively communicate your single message—that is, you want—you've you know, you've got a bullet. You're trying to fire. Didn't Burger King hit the target? Uh, you could say that they hit the
2: target, but again, look—they they, achieved the goal of saying that their food is real and it gets it gets moldy. I mean, there's a in Sweden. I don't know if you guys know this. They actually have a, a, a McDonald's hamburger <laughs> on display. They, in, we that in can you do that again? Yes, yeah. I screwed up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In Sweden, they actually have on display a McDonald's hamburger that's like 15 years old. It's in a glass case, and it never ages, right? So this is the opposite of right, Burger King. Right. It just, there's so many preservatives in it. It literally has not. It's like it's like uh, it's embalmed. It's crazy. Right.
1: I just want to say that what Rob calls preservatives, I call delicious. And so I don't want to sit here. I want extra MSG in my food. I want it loaded up. I'm very happy. Yeah, but the question is, did
2: they have to be so shocking in doing it? And that is the question I have is I'm not sure that the shock level for the advertising campaign is exactly good for the brand.
0: That's a good point, because you know what? Burger King sales, I guess, were a .6 percent, but they were expecting three point one percent. So I it seems to me that it might not be going in the right direction.
1: So let me ask you Linda, the broader question what do you think of the idea of using shock of using the negative to market broadly for for any brand? Is it you know because we think of brands you want to be associated with good things you know, puppies and rainbows whatever Here's Burger King effectively or ineffectively identifying itself with mold, you know, rot, etc. shock value the but you know we have a history of shock ads, shock value getting people's attention. Is that a smart long-term strategy for a brand, do you think?
0: That's a great question. To be honest with you, it really depends because you have to remember when you're looking at TV spots or you're looking at videos, you're you're listening at the same time you are visually seeing what is going on. So at the end of every ad, you actually have a very strong visual image of of what the, what the actual ad was about. So whether it's about puppies that need to, or dogs that need to be rescued, um, you know, those types of ads, or maybe the, um, Shriners hospital as an, as another ad that you, you have those visuals in your mind. So it really depends on what you're trying to achieve in those instances. Of course, they're lo- they're looking for, you know, money and donations. Which could be very effective, but in this case, they're looking to increase sales. Now, if you're looking at a, a moldy burger, I mean, frankly, do you really? I mean, do you really want to have that visual in your mind? I, I don't think so. And uh, I think McDonald's it's, is 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 uh, nailing it with this. I think it's benefiting McDonald's. Yeah,
2: I mean, it doesn't go to its core competency, right? So when Volvo did a shock ad a few years back, where they. Um, took a car and they rammed it into a wall and they showed that the engine went under the steering wheel and that the driver was safe that made me feel like that's a great buy because even in the worst case scenario the Volvo still working for me but in Burger King's instance they're showing me that their food is basically going to get moldy. For some reason, that doesn't work for me. I know it's I know it's obvious, duh. I mean, right. I've seen stuff in my refrigerator grow, so I get it. But, you know, I just don't want that um, image, it, yeah. image. And also, I don't go to Burger King for health food. There are other places I go. I'd go to Subway or something right. like if I was making more of a healthy choice. So health and Burger King, I don't necessarily see them going together.
0: And I guess I do wonder why. I mean, you could take an instance like that, and you could make it into a very positive story. I mean the the imagery was pretty drastic. So they could have illustrated the health, you know, showing like real beef getting ground up or you know, lettuce coming off the farm or or tomatoes getting cut or whatever the, like really showing positive healthy imagery around this Burger King ad to illustrate wow, they're taking these steps to really make something look good and taste
1: good. Yeah, like and, and a farm-to-table and, and approach. Exactly. Oh, Linda, Linda, Linda. It's your your youthful naivete. I That's the know. reason we love you. <laughs> what is the number one thing that sells? Fear. That's what sells. That's what moves. That's what impacts the human mind. Why do uh, political campaigns use negative ads? They use negative ads because negative ads work. Po- uh, data shows that supporters of candidates believe the negative ads against their own candidates more than they believe the positive messages from their own candidates. When people see a shocking image, they remember it. It has an impact. When you give them something to fear, like you would preservatives whatever, that has an impact. That's why people use it. And as of the end of February, the Whopper ad had 2 million views on YouTube that's free advertising and in the likes and dislikes it was 10 to 1 likes over dislikes from social media viewers so that's why I use the negative cuz it works and you know guilt works have, how many ads rob have you seen for charities who use blatant appeals to your guilt to get you to, you know, call
2: 1-800-donate-money. I still can't listen to Sarah McLachlan because of that exact reason, because she's always associated with the dog ads, and you're watching the dog ads and the Mm -hmm. poor dog starving and locked in a cage, and Sarah McLachlan singing, and it's like, oh, I can't. Every time it comes on the radio, I'm like, no, 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 turn it off quick. I can't be bummed out. But it must work,
1: right, Linda? That's why the ads keep running.
0: Her- Those work. I mean, obviously in that instance, you you want that imagery in your mind because you're looking for donations and that gives you a reason to give. So in that instance, it makes sense. I'm sorry, Burger King makes no sense to me whatsoever. I Yes, we can have hundreds of thousands of views, but frankly, sales are not increasing because of this brand strategy that they came up with. And I do think there would have been more effective ways to promote this transition for them than what they put into place. And we are all well aware of the fact that if we watch a little TV, there's a lot of negativity. So why not make it positive?
1: So the uh, attempt to use shock you know, advertising has worked. Uh, do you remember when National Lampoon was mm-hmm. trying to get people to buy their magazine? Buy this magazine, or we will shoot this dog and have them yes, with right. the dog. You know, right. that's whatever. And there was a huge hue and cry, but you know what? They sold a lot of magazines. Speaking of magazines, a European magazine recreated uh, a took a, a, a photo did a photograph that recreated the JFK assassination, except for Kennedy was alive and Jacqueline was the one who had been shot. And their cut line on it was, if men are your target, make sure you don't miss them. And had the name of the ad. And and, and, well, it got attention and it certainly sells the message that this magazine is a place to advertise to reach men. Now, it may reach the kind of men that you don't want to hang out with (laughs) because they're making these kinds of ads. But uh, you can't deny that a shocking, you know, even think about one of the classic... Uh, Advertisements of all time, the American uh, pollution ad with Iron Eyes Cody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's this older man there crying, and it's it's it it, it's like it's unpleasant. You don't want to see this guy crying, but it's remember it. You remember it. So last question: Someone walks in and says, "Look, I've got this really great idea. I think for a a marketing campaign or strategy, a stunt, a, a, a picture, an ad, and that's shocking." What are the one or two things that you would roll through with that client? Because it might be, in some cases, a smart thing. It might be the dumb thing. So, what, so yes. if they brought up something that was the, like that, what would you your thoughts
2: well, be? Well, first, I would say what's your core competency? And I would try to make sure that that aligns with their brand. And does the shocking image kind of support those two pillars? And if it does, like in the case of Volvo, I think it's a great way to do it. It, it says that, you know, in Volvo's case, it made it, you know, safe, safety. Uh, quality cars because it's safe even in an accident I'm gonna walk away right if those kind of things connect then absolutely the shock value is there I think Burger King is failing on this too is because you know they're showing their meat going moldy but then they're pushing this impossible burger which You know, they're sending all these multiple messages about the Whopper, and I don't think it's a strategic play on their part where it's um, cohesive on both both the
1: Impossible Burger and the regular Whopper. So someone walks in and says, why we love coronavirus. That's our marketing strategy. Linda, what's your thought? Coming to shore soon. (laughs) Coming
0: to shore soon. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I have to agree with actually what Rob is saying. And I I, I don't think I think I'm coming down with the coronavirus (laughs) or something. So um, but but one of the things that you do have to ask your client for sure is what are you trying to achieve? If they're looking for donations, that's one thing. If they want to make an impact, that's another thing. And whether they choose to go positive or negative on the impact, you really have to weigh. That's that's the key about being a really good marketer. You have to look at any... Strategy or ad campaign from every possible angle you can look at it from in order for that to be successful.
1: And there you have it. Did the moldy whopper kill the brand? The cases have been made, and now it's time for you to give the verdict. Let us know your thoughts at mill.agency forward slash verdict or slide into our DMs on Twitter at MillAgency. We will read some of the best ones in an upcoming episode. Make sure to never miss a mystery by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your Podcatcher of choice. For Rob and Linda, I am Michael Graham, and we will see you next time. For now, the case is closed.